When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, hello, here we go, it's the Copyright Podcast. What is happening everyone, welcome back to the Copyright Podcast, it is Mick, but I'm joined by a very special guest today, it is Finn from Have A Word Podcast. Finn, how's it going lad? All good here, all good here, thanks for having me. No worries, I was going to try and pronounce your, your surname, I don't know, that's like a difficult thing to do but i thought it's I'd leave not, it to... <laughs> yeah it's not too bad it's just gulliver's with a k that's why i tell everyone so culliver's culliver's yeah 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 and not i was gonna ask bad, you this though. later on but we might as well talk about it now so that is that is that turkish is it or yeah yeah, yeah my yeah. dad's my dad's turkish so that whole side of the family are uh, um near bodrum that's the nearest big like city Oh, nice. Yeah, I've, I've, I mean, I've been to I've been to Bodrum via Marmaris, yeah. like Marmaris, and then on the boat over to like a Bodrum Market, which is yeah. um, eventful. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You're lucky yeah. to make it out of there without spending too much money. <laughs> yeah, just one of them where you like you pick something up and they're like, yeah, yeah, you you you're now paying for that, mate. And I was like, nah, I was only yeah. checking out. A you can't leave. Last time I was <laughs> there, last time I was there, the um, a guy tried to steal my shoes. I had some Nike shoes on that are quite unusual. And I went to one of the stalls and he went, where, where are your shoes from? I said, they're from Britain. I got them online. He was like, can I try one on? And I was like, yeah, if you really want. And then he went, and the other one. I was like, ah, oh, no, yeah. I, you have me off here. I'm not Please. doing that. You can have one, even if I have to walk home with one shoe. <laughs> Fucking hell. Jesus Christ. I mean, my, my story is just, yeah, I picked up a belt and he was like, he followed me for like, I don't know, must have been 15 minutes going, you must now pay for that belt that you picked up. And I was like, mate, like, fucking hell, just really, like, intense for, like, no reason. It was only like... Yeah, might have been my dad. I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I admire his fucking ability to try and, like, sell something, to be fair, but it was, uh, yeah, it was hilarious. Um, But, yeah, I mean, we've got quite a bit to to talk about, but I just thought we'd start with, obviously, Liverpool, unfortunately. Um, I would have liked this to have been on, like, a happier notes with Liverpool like winning games and what obviously after beating beating United 7-0 we're all riding the fucking wave of joy and then uh, we go and follow it up with consecutive 1-0 losses to the Bournemouth and Real Madrid so what have, what have you made of everything so far? Yeah I was I was so this has been rearranged hasn't it for a week this time last week I was yeah. excited to talk about Liverpool well exactly and now that's my fault whole... I'll take the blame <laughs> um, and now it's kind of I don't know. It's just so up and down, isn't it? This this kind of it's the hope that kills you thing. And after the after the there's been a few results this season where you're like, okay, we've turned things round, and then it's just not happening. Um, it is what it is, isn't it? This season we've got one goal now that everyone's going to get behind. So hopefully we can make a real push for the top four. But it's going to be difficult. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just a, it's a mad one, isn't it? Because, I, like I said, I was the same. I was like, oh, right, we've got a seven nil win here. We can do the pod. We can be like, yes, Liverpool are fucking smashing it. And then, um, 
yeah, we throw in those results <laughs> in with it afterwards, which is not not ideal. But what what are you what are you what, what are you thinking in terms of like so like the summer because obviously now without the Champions League top fours, like you said, the is the only aim now. But in terms of like transfers, I mean, social media fucking loves transfers. I don't like them that much talking about them. I don't mind when it happens, but. Um, who, what type of players do you reckon? Obviously, Bellingham's the, the main one everyone's looking at, but what type of players do you reckon we should be going for to try and s- turn it around? Um, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because there's, th- it's got to be at the right price, essentially. We could go out and we could do a footy manager wish list and be like, yeah, Bellingham will get um, another three centimetres, but it's got to be the right players and the the owners have proved that the past few years they're not going to just spend on anyone. I think it's definitely the centre mids. I think we need three, maybe, maybe two, because um, Stefan's come in and kind of been that young signing that we might have made. And that's kind of saved us maybe 30 mil on a young 19-year-old from Belgium or something. Um, and then I think we maybe need a, another centre-half in terms of, I think... Matip has maybe got a, a year left at the club before he'll he'll be like thirty three, I think. So he he might need to move on. And he's been great. I love I love Joel, but I think he's kind of he's slowed down a lot and he's not making as many marauding runs, which is such a shame. Yeah. Um. So I think it's them. It's those two positions are the most important ones, and then it's just about depth. We could. We're not. We're not sure on Calvin Ramsey yet. He, I'm, I've seen lots of things at the club rating a lot, but I think we need someone to to push Trent and be that competition that that Simicast has kind of provided for Robertson at times and kind of pushed him to play a bit better. So it's a few, and then I think we'll probably get forward in to replace Bobby in the squad of maybe a, a kind of impact sub kind of kind of striker. But it's it's a big job. It's a big summer. Um and I just, yeah, I'd like for it to be over already because the whole season seems to be about transfers all year round now. Social media yeah. is just transfers, transfers all year. Yeah, I, I mean, it's 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 more difficult because I think as the season's gone on, it's like, oh fucking hell, we needed a couple of midfielders, but now we potentially need a centre back, we potentially need a right back, we might need another forward. That, like you said, the list's getting longer and longer because I think Cara made like a point on he was on like CBS last night and he was saying like Trent's like maybe shouldn't be playing right back going forward. What what are your thoughts on that? Because I think we've always said for since he came in, like he could be a potential midfielder, but he's been best in the world right right back. But it's in a team yeah. that have been smashing it rather than a team that are fucking struggling against Bournemouth and, and whoever else. So it's a difficult one, isn't I th- it? Yeah, I think having one of the best centre-halves to ever play the game not far away from Trent was good. And now Virgil's not quite at that every week. It's kind of exposing Trent's. He's a fine defender. He's not one of the one of the best, and I don't think anyone anyone would argue with that. Um, I'd love to see him in centre mid, but I think there must be a reason why they've not done it. When we've been crying out for a centre mid, and we've had, we know how much he loves James Milner, Klopp. So you'd think he'd just stick him there if Trent would be that kind of game changing centre mid. So as much as I'll put him there on FIFA, and it'll be great. It's there must be something behind it. I, that's all I can think. Yeah, I, I think it's because I, I think I think recently you've seen him picking up positions like more midfield, midfielder esque positions coming inside a little bit more. But I don't know. It's difficult when 
like last like last night was just like it was a it was a hard watch. It really was because it was like at what point? I think we had one shot in the second half, and it's the that was the time we need to. If we got, got, throw the kitchen sink at them, if you end up conceding two or three, then fuck it, it doesn't matter. You might as well go for it. But we just didn't look like we had the energy, or I don't know. There's just so many like question marks against like what are Liverpool trying to achieve because the United game was amazing, and we've had some good results against Everton and Newcastle and stuff. But the performances that we sometimes turn in more often than not this season, and just it's kind of you're just asking yourself so many questions, aren't you, about what's actually going on? Yeah, the, I think you point there about when we should be absolutely going for it. I thought the same in the Bournemouth match. I didn't, I didn't, it didn't think we were going to score as soon as Darwin went off. I thought I was the wrong sub personally. Yeah. I think he was causing problems. So unless it was an injury, I didn't understand that. But in the past few seasons, even games like the the Villa one with Mane, you're thinking if we get one, we're we're going to score another. It's, and that kind of that's gone the past the past few months that kind of inevitability is kind of not there so it's it's difficult I don't know whether it's just a confidence issue at the minute the players look knackered even the ones that are coming in after a while they still look knackered um, I think Thiago has been a huge miss in terms of dictating how the games are going and kind of controlling them for us so we need to get him back ASAP but yeah everyone just looks leggy I don't know whether that's just burnout, which is what everyone keeps saying. It's cliche, but it does it does look like that, and there's not really any other explanations for it. Yeah, because I think like when you read stuff on social media, it can be like a, it's like a stuff just ebbs and flows. Like when Thiago's not in there, and we win a few games with like a more I suppose workman like midfield, people are like, oh yeah, that's what we need to go forward. But then when we're losing games, you are like we could do a bit with a bit of Thiago in here because especially you mentioned the Bournemouth game. That was the game for me. I mean, obviously Real Madrid as well, but the Bournemouth game was on one where I was like, they were just passing it around the back. There's no one in midfield. There's no one. Bobby's trying to drop into the gap, so and similar to the way Gakpo was doing, but no one was just taking ownership and going, right, give me the fucking ball. I'm going to try and do something. They were just passing it around, waiting for someone else to do it. And I was like, that's not it's not what you'd expect from a Liverpool side. Does he expect someone just to go, right, whether it's Hendo or whatever, and we've mentioned like Trent and whatever not being in the greatest of form, but... There's just no one that's got, like stand, stepping up to the plate and going right. I'll I'll sort it for us, is there at the minute? I think I think Diaz is potentially that person, but we've missed him for so long as well. So I mean, it'll be nice to have him back as well, won't it? Yeah, him and him and Darwin, Darwin seem to be the most direct players we've got in terms of running at people at the minute. Mo seems to not be doing that as much this season. Um, I think he's uh, when people are showing his position and he's playing further wide, which is um, must be a tactical choice. Um, but yeah, it's 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 so frustrating because there's the games like the Man United one, and you see what that team can do just when they're playing well, and it's such a kind of drop off that it's so confusing, it's so conflicting, and that's why I think everyone's feeling a bit. No one's even really angry; it's just like deflated, and I think that's yeah. that's coming across on the pitch as well. Everyone just looks tired. Um, and it's tiring watching some of the games. <laughs> it the is. Form, that Bournemouth second half was tiring watch. Yeah, I mean, that, and that's just kind of the story of our season, isn't it? I don't think it's it's going to be one of them. I think like when we got the couple of wins against Everton and stuff, we were like, right, there's a little mini mini revival, but you're always waiting for the bubble to burst, <laughs> and it's firmly 
birth in the last couple of games. Obviously, we now need to put all our efforts into top four, which, I mean, obviously we've got Man City coming up two weeks off now, so there's a there's a big gap. And ordinarily, you'd think that would be a good thing, but, I mean, I don't know if it is. I, don't, I mean, obviously, having this time to get Thiago and Diaz back is obviously yeah. great, but I think Liverpool generally when we have a big gap you think oh they're going to do something here they're going to come back refresh but never seems to happen so fingers crossed on that but let, let's let's move away from the depressing shit which is Liverpool unfortunately uh, and just talk about you a little bit because I mean we mentioned your um, your Turkish roots and all that but you're, fr- you're originally from Wales North yeah, Wales rail, yeah. rail that's where I am at the minute oh, nice. sunny sunny rail that's not so sunny today um, <laughs> yeah yeah so Born and born and raised here, um, and trying to get out. I will one day. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, that was my next look. question. Yeah, that was my next question. I wasn't sure if you were just if you lived there and then you've moved up to Liverpool, or you or you still there. So you still there, yeah. You still there, still here at the minute, saving for my own place and then moving to Liverpool to kind of just being amongst the city. Yeah, I mean, well, of course, would like I have a word being in like the city centre and stuff, that would be absolutely ideal. Has Adam not asked you to move in? He's got a spare room, hasn't he? I would not <laughs> want to live with Adam. No. <laughs> uh, I think I think we're both as lazy as each other and I've seen his flat at times and it's it can be tidy, but then there's also times where it gets out of hand. And I think I would just add to that. I wouldn't even I wouldn't clean. I just I just yeah. It would be a bad combo that <laughs> Well yeah so how did it like how did that all come about then? So, I mean, I'm sure people know as well, but like, so obviously you're from Wales and stuff and now you're involved in a a Liverpool co- comedy podcast. How did that, how did that all come about? So it was, um, it was 2020 during, during lockdown and stuff. I, just, I was just a fan of Have A Word. I was a fan of Adams. I'd seen him at the Manchester Comedy Store a few times and thought he was great. I'd seen him, I'd seen him initially on Redman, which is where I first saw Adam. Um, and I saw his stand-up, thought he was brilliant, so I started listening to his podcast. Listened to it for, for months, and then they, um, just as I was finishing my undergraduate degree, they um, put up a thing for an intern. This was when it was a, a small indie podcast. It had um, like 8,000 subscribers on YouTube, 800 Patreons at that point. And that was, um, that was when I joined. So November 2020, I've been there since. And it's just grown and grown and grown. And yeah, it's it's such a a weird thing because for us, for for everyone that works there, that's just it's just been like a natural progression. But it's when people kind of talk to you about it, and you have to take a minute and go, yeah, this is mental. This this is absolutely crazy. Yeah. It's kind of only when you take stock of it because you're just going to work essentially and just having a laugh. Yeah, and obviously, like the guests that you have had. And stuff, but like, what's it like? You mentioned like Adam and stuff, but like, what is it like just going in there and and, and doing shows? Like, it just looks. I mean, like you said, it is work, but you're basically just talking about whatever, aren't you? Whatever comes up, you're just talking about it, and obviously, then the guest in the second half, which obviously then is like another element on top of it, because you're then talking just basically talking shit with the guest, and that just like it's just like the funniest the funniest thing and like, I'm a massive yeah. fan like I really am so like how, how is it like just going in there every day it's it's exactly what you'd think it's it's just fun like we we go in and the records are just 
it's what you see. We don't really cut anything out. So you're just there watching people you think are really funny. And I'll chip in occasionally. I'm not obviously not the biggest talker on the podcast, but just being there with people that were people I watched that are now like good, good mates. We're all tight and we're all going on holidays and stuff together. It's just a really nice, a nice atmosphere and kind of, it's there's a reason it's doing well it's because it's dead funny so being in the room is great for it because you get to see it firsthand and you get to kind of be a part of it and yeah it's it's such a such a good atmosphere there yeah i mean you can you can tell it's just natural flowing obviously the comedy having having two unbelievably funny comics and then obviously that thrown in the guests and stuff as well um you don't. You recently done like a a, a lock in for Paddy's Day, but how how was that? That must have been must have been amazing. So we we recorded that. That was only on Monday night. So we've done. We've had a quick turnaround with that. It's one of the I think one of the quickest we've done for one of our specials. Monday night was the only time everyone had free, and we started it by going to a steakhouse. I'm a vegetarian, so that was a good start for me. <laughs> um, so everyone was kind of like a bit full. So the first section, everyone's just warming up. We're, we're getting we're getting there, we're having a few drinks. So the first section's a bit more chilled than the normal lock-ins. And then in the first break, um, Steve, who, who works at Have A Word, was like, right, we're, we're, playing, we're playing Baby Guinness Pong because we need to get smashed. And that ended up being my, my favourite part of the night is we played that for about an hour. And we all lost multiple times and we all won multiple times, but that really got us drunk. So the second section went off a cliff. I've not watched it back yet. Carl's Carl's been editing it today. I don't remember what I said. When the trailer came out yesterday, I don't remember telling everyone to shut up, but apparently that's what happened. Um, so I'm looking forward to watching it. And then the third section um, is a very odd one. I'm sure our fans all love it. It was it was weird being in the room because the second section was such a high, uh, kind of high energy. This the the last section. Adam and Dan started talking about people they've known that have struggled with alcohol and stuff, and it was just like being in a kitchen at four a.m. So it's just <laughs> them them chats you're having with people. Yeah. It's a really deep chat, and you're like invested in their life. So I hope everyone likes it. But yeah, I can't remember what happened, but I think that's a good thing. Yeah, well, I mean, when it comes out, you'll. <laughs> that, I mean, that'll make it even funnier. It's obviously, depending upon yeah. what you what you said. <laughs> mm, yeah, I don't think I said anything cancelable. I'm not normally the one to do that. I'm normally the the kind of uh, more res- restrained one. But I think, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Who knows? I was gonna say, yeah, just throw in a few baby Guinness and then see see what see what mix comes out at the end. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the, the other specials you've done, like obviously Amsterdam and stuff like that. What what's been what's been your what's been your favourite one? Um, in terms of the one to watch, I thought Amsterdam was the best. I thought I think Will, who who's our videographer, just keeps getting better and better. So every special, the production value is going up, and he's he's finding the gold, and he knows he knows what we're doing now. He's kind of he's so good. Um, I think my favourite was maybe when we recorded the Christmas song a couple of years ago, just because of what that was for me for a, a day, going to record in a studio where the Arctic Monkeys have recorded, Oasis have recorded, and recording a stupid song I wrote 
as a joke there was kind of very special. Um, yeah, probably that and the Amsterdam special are my two favourites because it's quite rare you get to just what what's it's non-existent. You don't get to watch a holiday back that you've had with your mates <laughs> and like in jokes that will have been would have been forgotten with the like when I went on a lad's holiday when I was eighty. I don't remember what happened in Zante. I have no idea, but this one I'll be able to look back on in twenty years and go, oh, I remember when Carl whiteed and when Dan was crying, laughing and stuff like that. You, it's kind of nice to to look back on. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's, I mean, it's just amazing really like like you said you can look back and and laugh at those little moments in in your life whether it be 10 years later or 20 years later or whatever but um i mean i mentioned the, the guests you've had recently obviously jim jeffries was is absolutely iconic he's just that he's an absolute legend like tom stade jimmy carr just like absolutely hilarious but who, who's been your who's been your favorite if you can if you can pick um favorite as in favorite episode or like favorite like got on with them the best. Uh, both if you want. Okay, so the ones, the one I think it's kind of comes across the ones we all get on with the like, the ones that are just essentially part of the team. So that'd be Ishan and Jamie uh, Hutchinson and uh, people like Thomas Green that kind of come in and out every so often, and they're just part of it. Alfie as, as well. Um, and then in terms of, I think in terms of content, I loved Jim's episode this week. I was just sat there and I think we all were. The, I, I think it's one of the sections where Adam and Dan have spoken the least. Jim just was telling anecdote after anecdote about <laughs> yeah. a celebrity. So it was about John Cleese and then it was about uh, George Lazenby. And then it was he was just dropping names, but it wasn't in a kind of, I've been hanging out with these people. He had funny anecdotes behind him. So that was great. But I think I've probably got to go for Sean Walsh. Because every time he's come in, I've loved his episodes, and he just fits fits the podcast perfectly. And he's such a, a good guy. I really, I really, really like Sean. Yeah, I, th- I think the gym one was was so funny. Just because, like you said, he's not he's not dropping the names in to be like, oh yeah, I spent what was it fucking two weeks with John Cleese or whatever, just by a pool, and he was telling me an- anecdotes about like making stuff. Uh, but he's just yeah. I agree. Like that was the that's the least they've that Adam and Dan have spoke, but in in a good way because it was he was just kind of it wasn't like he was going on. It was just like you just listening to him tell you just just iconic stories that only someone who's had that amount of experience and obviously super famous and obviously very good at what he does. Um, but yeah, so so many. I mean, and you mentioned Alfie as well. I just think he is ah, he's an, he's a genius. I think he is just. Alfie, I think, yeah. yeah, I think I don't know. It's it's his voice because it's got like obviously he's got his little bits on the soundboard with Dan and stuff, hasn't he? But yeah. it's his voice, and then I don't know. It's just kind of his his humor doesn't match his his voice. I don't know. It's something weird. It's something weird in there. But I just think he's so good. It definitely helps. He's a red. I think that definitely helps well, exactly, as well. As well. Um, yeah. And then yeah, Alfie makes. When I'm chatting to Alfie, I feel stupid. Like <laughs> he just—he's so articulate and kind yeah. of a smart guy. And yeah, his stand-up's great. It's kind of—I um, don't know if you've watched his live at the Apollo set. He took a lot of risks on that, which I thought were great. Yeah. And he's kind of—he's not doing it for anyone else. He's doing what he thinks is funny, and I think that's great. And yeah, I—I I hope he kind of kicks kicks on and and does. Does amazing things. 
Yeah, I think I'm like when I'm listening to him as well. I feel I feel like I feel dumber as well because I'm like I've because <laughs> he just pulls out words like and you just like I probably have to go, just Google that one just to, to ch- just to check what it means. Um, but yeah, he's absolutely. <coughs> as well. But who who would be your ideal guest? Maybe like a a, mu- a musician, maybe or yeah. So I think the ones I'd want to meet the most, I don't think would necessarily be the best guests. So I think maybe one of the best guests we could have would be Ricky Gervais. I think oh, he would be another level. And definitely. He's kind of, obviously, he was one of the first people that had a really successful podcast. But we, we've we been in contact with him a couple of times, and it's just, I, I don't, he doesn't need to do it. He just, he doesn't need any promo and stuff like that. So we've just got to hope that one time he's feeling generous. Um the people I'd love to love to meet um, and do a music podcast or something would be um, Paul McCartney is top of the list by a country mile. I think I'd I think I'd break down if I met him. Um, the Gallagher brothers, Alex Turner, um, any kind of yeah, any of the people I listen to loads. I'd I'd love to love to meet and kind of. I'm not sure how well they don't have a word. I think maybe I think maybe Noel Gallagher would be good. Yeah, um, but I think that's a, that's a far off kind of opportunity. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, yeah. I suppose if, if it's like a proper musician, then they might struggle to like for it to be like a proper epic episode with like comedy and stuff. But I think, like you said, Ricky Gervais, fucking hell, one of me, one of my idols. Uh, and he's obviously been in music as well. Had a, had a music career before he got into yeah. comedy. Obviously, the singing yeah. that he does on uh, the Office and stuff got a good voice. So yeah, oh, fucking hell. I hope you get him because that would be. I mean, Jimmy Carr was like, I actually I couldn't believe that when I saw that one. That was the one where I was like, what the fuck? How the how the fuck's this happened? But yeah, yeah I think Ricky Gervais yeah. would have the same effect as well. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy Carr was very confused to be in Runcorn and <laughs> didn't. I think that came across in the episode. Yeah, he yeah. was just like who's agreed to this what's what's happened here because the the cupboard we were in was ridiculous whereas i think if he came into the new studio now he'd kind of get the scale of it but yeah ricky gervais is a dream i think i think carl would would cry because the the uk office is one of his favorite shows i, I love it as well yeah. um but yeah he'd, he'd be so good so we'd we'd end our careers like but i think it'd be <laughs> worth it for the stories yeah, fucking hell, that would just be because I, I, I'm sure like it's the same for like Adam and Dan when they get like Jim Jeffries in, and it's like an, a proper iconic like comic figure. Do they do they ever feel like nervous like going into shows? Do you think? What was great about Jim Jeffries coming in was he came in and he was just chatting, and he went, "My agent asked me if I wanted to do any podcasts when I was here," and I said, "No." Um. But then she said there was one with Dan Nightingale, and I said I love Dan. Of course I'll do it, which oh. was dead nice. And it's yeah. been it was dead nice at the Comedy Awards seeing people make a beeline for Dan because he's been a staple of the comedy circuit for like as long as long as I've been alive. Really, he'll hate me saying that. Um, <laughs> but he's been there, and he knows everyone, and he's seen everyone, and now he's finally got the breakthrough he deserves through the podcast and people are kind of really happy for him so but yeah i think J- jimmy carr was um 
I think there was a nervousness in the room from everyone. It was kind of, it was a, a thing of, oh, this is real now. This is, this is big time. This is prime time. This is one of the most famous comedians in the country. So there was a bit of a bit of nervousness, but I think once we settled into it, he also then settled into it, which was great. But everybody else, I think, I think a lot of people, even the the slightly the ones you wouldn't think, Sean Walsh. I remember when he came in, he was nervous to come on have a word. And there's comedians like Chris Ramsey said at the comedy awards, he was nervous to come on because it's it can be an intimidating atmosphere, and if yeah. you don't get on board you're going to get swallowed up by three incredibly quick comic minds who have got such a good dynamic between them that they don't need you there you've got to be you've got to be worthy of being there essentially yeah 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 exactly i I, kind of thought the same as well when like jason manford was there i know adam's like mentioned like he's like one of his heroes and that i just thought he was like a he was a perfect fit as well because he was just like he's just a very obviously very fucking funny but he just kind of i just love i just i just love the whole like the, the setup where it's like you just talk about whatever and then the comedian just kind of the comedian just joins in as well and they, you get their take on just random stuff that you would never find out about any other way because it's, it's yeah, it comes yeah. up naturally jason manford is one i kind of i don't know i, I kind of forget we had him on a lot of the time um not in a bad way he didn't do anything wrong but he just, yeah, he just fitted in. It didn't seem like it was a big deal to have him yeah. there because it was just like, yeah, he's got, he's got on board with this. He knows, he knows what he's doing. He's professional, same like Russell Kane, who's been on a couple of times. You know they've been on telly. They know what they're doing. That's easy for them. It's just they, they know what they're doing, and you kind of, you can tell that because they've got, they're quick and they've got their stories in backup if they need them and kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that you could reel off a list of, of people that. I'm sure Adam and Dan like when they look back in years to come and you've and you're like oh we've had fucking Jimmy Carr and like you said Russell Kane and uh, people like that on the show it's just like it's amazing but it's like it's not like you're on, like have a words on a different level have a words now on the level where like you said having comedians on of that stature it isn't it isn't it isn't abnormal it's normal because of of the level that you've now reached having those people on. It's kind of just like, right, let's see how this comedian um deals with like you said, the dynamic, how are they gonna de- how are they gonna react to the stuff that you they talk about and stuff, which is yeah, it's just it's just amazing. But I just wanted to talk about the music as well, because you mentioned a, a few musicians there and your your new single Take a Ride came out um two weeks ago. Uh how's that? How's it been going? Yeah, it's it's been great. The 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 feedback's been really nice from um people that have listened to it. Um, it's had a bit of radio play, which has been great as well. And kind of looking forward to to playing it live in the summer um, in the process of booking um, a pretty a decent gig in, in Liverpool. So hopefully get a good turnout for that. Be a really good night to kind of debut my my tunes, which is something I've been working towards for years now. Um, finally got around to it and just working on new music all the time, finding kind of new sounds and stuff. It's it's a really, it's really exciting at the minute. It's kind of, it's like part of the thing that's proper getting me out of bed, and I'm just excited when I've got a recording day. I'm, I'm buzzing to get there and to kind of see what we're making. Yeah, and how long have you been kind of doing that then? So have you been kind of doing that for, for, for a while then, like the music side of things? 
So the um, so yeah, I've been playing in in pubs and that since I was since I was seventeen. So that has been a a good a good kind of a long time to kind of work on like it's not a craft but you know what i mean kind of getting used to performing live and stuff yeah. so that kind of thing when i was playing shows with have a word carl had never performed before whereas to me it was just a, a bigger show than i've been doing and kind of kind of used to it um so yeah music's always been something that's been like a passion of mine and i've been doing i've been annoying people since i was three years old singing at them and kind of being being an attention seeker is essentially <laughs> all it is um but yeah with the band we're, we're it's very early stages we've had a few rehearsals but we're already we're already really clicking and and getting on and this the the songs that we've got are, are really i'm really proud of and looking forward for people to hear uh looking forward to people hearing them yeah, well, the the one you've just brought out recently is is actually it's very very good. It's just a proper, it's a proper chill like song, and it's just like you can just go like yeah, just put it on, and it's like it's one of those that you can just be like yeah, this is proper, proper chill. But is that is that the type of thing you you're trying to create in the future, or do you have you are you not kind of set into any like genre? So it is kind of going, it's going that way because I've I've spent years writing on an acoustic guitar trying to write Oasis songs, essentially. And there's only so much you can do with that before you're playing the same chords over and over again. <laughs> so, yeah, it is kind of trying to figure out some different sounds and bringing some of the other influences in um, to to our music. So there will still be the odd kind of ballad, with acoustic guitar ballad, like the, the first single I think I do was. But I think it's going to be a bit more chilled but and then occasionally the next single is going is quite dancey and kind of my my dream for that one is for it to be on the goals of the month or match of the day that's that's what it is in my head or like it's a proper fifa tune so that's the yeah. kind of the music i uh, i think we're going to be making oh boss yeah that'll be i mean because uh ellie golden brought out one i don't know how long ago it was but with um calvin harris and that was just like a a proper nineties dance throwback. It's not. It's it's not in that ballpark, is it? Or is it like more recent dancey tune? Um. So I don't know if you you know a band called Jungle. They're one of my favorite bands. Yeah. They kind of um, people might not know their name, but as soon as you'd tell them one of their songs, they'd be like, "Oh yeah, I've heard that on the radio. I've heard that on an advert." So it's kind of they're being a massive influence at the minute. So it's kind of a mix of that, and then also kind of. Yeah, kind of a fusion of maybe the indie melodies that I've kind of used to just from listening to for years, mixed with the kind of dancey, dancier, dancier indie of like modern music. Oh, boss, sounds good. Looking forward to it. Um, have you ever? Did you? I mean, I think I saw you answer that kind of this question a little bit on another show, so I'm not going to pretend that I created it. But have <laughs> you? Uh, you were talking about like X Factor and um and the voice and stuff. Have you ever? Have you ever tried? Gone on here, then. Yeah, yeah. So I hadn't, I hadn't remembered, I hadn't thought about this for a while until I was asked it on another, another podcast, and I did kind of audition for The Voice. Someone, what a producer of The Voice saw saw me at a gig or something, and said, "You should, you should come and audition for The Voice." Here's the details. So I went along to this hotel, and it was just such a weird experience. I was like seventeen, eighteen, got the train to Manchester. 
and it was just like right get in a circle there's 10 of you and say a bit about yourself that was the scariest bit i don't mind singing in front of people i don't like talking in front of a few people that's why i get a bit weird um and then it was right you've got 30 seconds sing something a cappella, your choice and it's just a weird way to audition people it felt very it's exactly what i think people think about it it's kind of cold and kind of um not authentic so you don't you don't instantly go and see will i am and that kind of stuff like that there's a lot before that where the producers are kind of sticking their fingers in and kind of not literally oh god that was a bad choice of words <laughs> i meant <laughs> there's the, there's the clip <laughs> i'm kind of um manipulating what happens and kind of putting bigger characters through over yeah. over people there was people in my audition that had amazing voices that didn't get through because yeah. they're kind of shy or something like that so yeah it, i i'm glad it never worked out because it's not the way i'd want to go about things now i was i was a kid essentially yeah i don't know because I, f- I feel like them shows are kind of dying a death anyway aren't they like it was it was quite i don't know it was like a a movement when it was like all these like shows were popping up the voice and stuff and you're like yeah it's good but i don't know it's it's it is it's enjoyable to watch i suppose to see people and if you can root for someone and then if they win like i just think like james arthur like done, has done so well off the back of it but it's generally the people that come like third or whatever seventh or a little mixed like there's been loads of people that haven't won and went on to do great things but i suppose it's just the thing about it in theory is like it's to raise your profile and give yourself a platform but in a way you've got that anyway through through a different means so you can kind of obviously use have a word as like a because obviously it's a massive thing to 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 show how how talented you are as a musician so it's just just a different means of doing kind of the same thing isn't it really yeah yeah so i think social media has changed i think that's part of the reason then those shows are dying out also just tell no one watches telly really anymore <laughs> live, live telly um yeah. so yeah social media has made a lot of pop stars the past few years and you kind of see that but yeah i think that's that's my aim with with, with have a word I, lo- I love working there but in a in a dream world i'd be a musician that's that's been my dream since i was little and to to do that would be um unbelievable so just trying to cultivate a fan base through people that like music that also like comedy and then hoping they they it kind of snowballs from there yeah well we've seen it's it's happened for for jamie webster like obviously web jamie webster was doing liverpool songs at pubs and whatever brought out his album because of the backing that he had and the stature he'd created through through that being a red being a great singer so it's it's clearly there's a, there's a pathway for it for it to happen like you said with the social media being absolutely huge um you can like you said cultivate something that that you want going forward so and i'm sure you will lad because you're obviously very talented um cheers mate thank you if you if you haven't streamed uh anyone listening uh take a ride please go and do so because it's very very good you'll be you'll be instantly chilled instantly um but yeah finn we'll leave it there thanks very much for jumping on really appreciate it um yeah hopefully get your back on soon if when the reds are winning a couple of games and we can have a yeah, man. a positive chat about the reds <laughs> anytime thanks for having me no worries nice one everyone for listening and yeah we'll see you next time nice one sports 
Social Podcast Network.